Hey everyone! Welcome to episode 10 of the Voices Unheard podcast, where we share stories of change makers to give you a little dose of inspiration every two weeks. Today we're featuring a photographer and filmmaker from the UK, Kate Shelley. Kate is the founder of The People Project, a platform for homeless people to tell their stories alongside photos, with the aim of breaking down stigma and starting a discussion. I'm sure during COVID times, we've all heard over and over again about how we need to frequently wash our hands or socially distance or stay at home to protect lives. But have you thought about how you can do these things while you're homeless? Well, that's just one of the many things Kate and I talk about today. So let's dive in. Hi, Kate. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. So first of all, tell us what is the People Project and what does it aim to do? So yeah, the People Project is at the moment an Instagram page, that's our only platform, um, that aims to break down stigmas around homelessness. So I started it when I was 17, I'm 21 now, um, and it's basically just humans of New York style photos of homeless people alongside their stories, um, answering questions like, how did you become homeless? What are your experiences with homelessness? And basically just trying to share people's stories and inspire like a kind of conversation around the topic. Because I think, you know, so often it's homelessness is a topic that we all know is terrible, but it's not a conversation we really have past. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. You know, we don't ever think properly about the causes of homelessness and the experiences of it. So I just wanted to give like a face to all the statistics that we see, basically. Mm, Yeah, yeah. You've made such a good point, actually, because um, I feel like, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of us just don't have a lot of contact or we choose to not have contact with people who are homeless. So it just ends up being statistics. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome to like kind of put a face and put a story behind the statistics. Yeah, no, definitely. That's so much of it is just, you know, trying to make it more of a personal issue because it is such a personal issue, you know. And I think, you know, I always felt that I had a really good understanding of homelessness I mean, at 17, but still, like, I thought I had a good understanding. But then since doing this project, I can go like, wow, okay, I really didn't, you know. And I think, yeah, having conversations with people and realising that, like, I know this is kind of said, but, you know, it literally can be anyone, it can be anything. Like, you could be of well-off position, you know. It's not just people who were always on the poverty line or, you know, were always, like, close to that level, you know. It's so many different reasons. And I think breaking down those stigmas and realising that is just so important for helping to you know solve the issue of homelessness itself Mm, yeah I can imagine I mean I guess because you've been doing this for four years now and I I would imagine you've had a lot of learning and also unlearning to do yeah what has probably been your biggest lesson you learned or unlearned in the process I would say for so long and I still get this now you know it's a normal assumption to have is that when I say to people and especially at 17 when I said to people like oh yeah I go out by myself with my camera and talk to homeless people you know so much of the stigma was like oh my god be careful you know like how are you going up and speaking to people by yourself you know and I still have some of that in me where I have to be aware like obviously I'm not going to grow up go up to someone who's clearly really drunk or really out of it or seems you know in a bad mood but I think that's something that I think I've kind of unlearned, like you were saying, is just that, you know, like you wouldn't say that necessarily about if I went up to speak to, like, yeah, we're saying men, obviously, men, middle-aged men, 
if I went up to middle-aged men on the street and said like, oh, hey, can I take a picture? We wouldn't have that kind of scared assumption that you would for someone who's just sitting down. And I feel like it's the assumption there that, you know, they're in a position where they could hurt you. But really like, and not to sound patronizing, you know, somebody coming up to you on the street when you're homeless, you're in such a vulnerable position, you know, because you don't have means to defend yourself. Um, I know a lot of homeless people when I speak to them, they get really concerned saying, are you from the news or anything? Because, you know, they're so aware that their stories can be twisted and taken out of context. And, you know, being homeless, you are in such a vulnerable position. And I think just learning that, and I've never felt, you know, unsafe doing the People Project. And that's something that I think has just helped me socially as well so much is just realizing that, huh, actually, like, I'm not in danger, you know, like, it's it's hard, because obviously, there is like a healthy worry to have you know you need that awareness of okay yeah this could be a dangerous situation let me not put myself in it but I think Mm -hmm. that goes too far when it's every single person you pass on the street like you're scared of the idea of going up to them and just starting conversation when really you're on a busy street there's people everywhere nothing's going to happen it's daylight that was something super important for me to unlearn because that's such a physical reason for why homelessness is so bad is people are scared of people on the street or scared that something might happen because we have this idea that it's all drug addicts or really violent people which most of the time it really isn't or if it is they're not going to just you know if there's someone with history of being abusive they're not going to suddenly attack you for no reason you know it's like it's this really weird idea that we put on people is that yeah that you're just going to get hurt you know there's no positive outcome that can happen from it and it's just that's something I think was really important for me to yeah unlearn wow wow I wanted to um, kind of ask you to elaborate on something else you talked about. So you said, like, I think it's really important that we recognize people who are homeless are in such a vulnerable position. And then I guess kind of as the person who is not homeless and I guess interviewing them, you are in the powerful position. How do you then kind of deal with this huge power imbalance? Yeah, I say when I started the project being 17, being so clearly young, even now, I think I can pass for about 17, you know, on certain days. And it's, you know, I think it's really helped because it's hard being a man, especially because I'm just talking in general terms, most homeless people I meet at least are like middle-aged men or young men, or just most of the time it's men. Women tend to get housed more quickly so in this context I'm talking about men but you know being a man opening up about something very vulnerable I think having a young girl listen to that story makes somebody feel less vulnerable because they already see you know in society young females quite vulnerable you know I think as a man it must be hard to open up to if another man your age came up to you or a friend even came up to you and asked you how you're doing you know that's a hard thing to open up about but when you have a young girl there who you can see as vulnerable and allowing you to be vulnerable to her. And I think there's that kind of relationship there where I think people can see that I'm just doing this to get a story. Like, you know, it's not a situation of I'm trying to like get your story. And like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but I think being young, I think has definitely helped people to feel comfortable around me because I'm just very clearly like somebody who wants to have a chat and cares. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, I think it has weirdly helped my relationship with people I meet the fact that I'm so different from them is because they feel like they can trust me you know more than if you know a guy in his 30s in a suit came up and said hi I'm trying to interview you for this news article you know so yeah yeah, I think I think it has helped it's just and also just trying to be really respectful of that position of vulnerability is you know I always sit on somebody's level and I say like can I sit next to you because 
being homeless, you aren't so often you aren't used to people coming up to you and being so close to you. But if you just went up to someone like, hey, how are you? And sat right next to them, like that's quite a vulnerable position. If, obviously, if you already feel vulnerable, someone is now sitting next to you in your space. If they suddenly do something, you know, you have to like get up and run away. Like, And obviously, I'm not saying that I look like a threatening person, but, you know, it's still someone's space that you're invading, I guess. And it's like, I think just having that basis of going up to someone like, hi, excuse me, I run this project. Um, I was just wondering if I could speak to you for a bit. And if they say yes, I say, do you mind if I just sit next to you? And they're always just, yes, of course. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just having that level of respect to begin with, because I think when somebody's so vulnerable, you just assume that, you know, that there, there aren't levels of respect there that you have to take is just, you know, you can just go sit next to someone and it's nothing, but the complications of everything really is going on in their mind and just respecting that really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I, I would say that's something that's not just for um, when you're approaching people who are homeless. It's kind of, it goes for, I guess, every kind of population yeah. you would consider as vulnerable as well. Yeah, for sure, for mm-hmm. sure. I think that's something that we don't think about enough, the idea of like space and how we are actually invading people's space, even though we are coming from like a position of power. That's so important. That's awesome. Yeah. How did you decide to actually use photography then? So basically, I mean, the way the People Project started was through photography me and a friend, we started the project together. He's now moved on. I mean, his name's Darius. I'll give him a little shout out. Um, but we basically going around Shoreditch, which is just like this area in East London, which is just kind of trendy. Like there's loads of graffiti. and But there's obviously, it's that balance between so much of the community is really poor. So much of it is so gentrified. So we were going around just chatting. I think it was the first time we'd ever met. We just kind of know each other through mutual friends. We were both photographers going around taking pictures and we met a homeless guy and he said hey why don't we go up to him and ask him if we can take his picture and I remember thinking you know naively at 17 I was like how do we speak to someone homeless like oh my god like you can't just go up and ask me if you can take his picture me thinking like like taking someone's picture like that's such a violation you know like he's not gonna let us take his picture but we spoke to him and then his friends came over as well and we had a conversation with a few homeless guys and they they loved it like they loved the not the attention like that weird way to phrase it but you know they loved having a conversation with people and especially us who had something to say we were like yeah we've just been out doing photography and they were like wow what's that like show us your cameras and like you know it was just such an interesting conversation and I think we started getting into like how he became homeless and you know and I just went away from the conversation thinking like oh that was a really nice interaction and I think you know I'd always felt like I was really woke about issues like homelessness but it wasn't it still wasn't a position I'd ever thought to put myself in was actually speak to someone homeless more than just like oh hey here's some money you know you don't think like you don't stop to think like how can I help this specific person you know so then that just inspired me like I think let's try and do something with this and try and get more people to start conversations like that because even if it's literally just one other person starts a conversation like a few people here and there start conversations like that can really help people I think because you could tell that he was really moved by the fact that we'd just taken time to sit down near him because you know sitting on the street you have thousands of people walk past you every day and then yes obviously then photography for me being a photographer was such an important part of the people project and also I think just seeing someone's face I think makes a story way more personal you know because again like Mm. I think I wanted to create a real personal aspect to the project and to the stories that I was telling and you know, sometimes obviously I hide people's faces. So sometimes we take pictures of hands, things people are holding, just things like that, that I think, you know, we don't want, if people don't want their identity shown, which is of course completely fine. 
um, those stories, I think having someone's hands even can still be so personal, I think, because you can look at someone's hands and think like, that could be my, my father's hands, that could be my friend's hand, you know. Yeah. And I think just creating that yeah. personal aspect with a story really makes people invest more in the story and care more about, you know, homelessness. Yeah, the connection that it brings. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's awesome. Is it just a photography project at the moment or do you do anything else as well? Well, primarily now I don't do photography. Um, I'm a filmmaker. So I've made a couple of films with the project. Mm. Um, if you look at the Instagram, we've done like small films where it's like me handing out things. Like I'm trying to, um, I do these winter campaigns now where we raise money to hand out sleeping bags, items, because obviously I felt like I needed to do more of the project. And especially since we have a little bit of a platform going now, like I wanted all these people saying what can I do now what can I do now and I thought like wow what can we do now you know and I tried to inspire people to like start a conversation and here are some charities you can donate but at the moment it is just photography project um at winter we hand out sleeping bags and warm items um I'm trying to collaborate with other organizations like Leho they sell socks and for every pair of socks sold they donate one to someone homeless you know and just different organizations like that that I think are similar grassroots organizations that are really interesting and they want that personal aspect to their organizations that I want to show people a way that they can support homeless people by you know using organizations like this so yeah and apart from that like I said I've, I've made two films which are again sort of similar meanings trying to inspire people to make a difference but yeah at the moment it just is this project on Instagram that's just trying to change some people's viewpoints of the world really Mm, yeah I mean look I think you're you're only 21 and you've been doing this for the past four years and I think like you've for sure made a huge impact I mean you were featured in a few newspapers I think you were featured in the Guardian yeah yeah and a few kind of international newspapers I think it's amazing how do you then like how do you feel about all of this you know you had kind of probably some pretty transformative years in your late teens and have those years filled with such an important project how do you feel if you kind of have to reflect on that yeah it's weird because I think so much of it now because I obviously started it when I was 17 four years ago it's just become a part of my routine like I don't even think of it as like incredible thing anymore because it's just yeah on weekends I go out and take pictures of homeless people you know and I'm disconnected from it in that sense where it just feels like thing I do now. But yeah, it is crazy sometimes to meet people who obviously most of it day to day is just like meet people, speak to them, have great conversations. But then sometimes I really meet people, whether they're homeless or people who are just reading the project, who really make me go, wow, yeah, no, it is quite cool. Like, um, but yeah, I think it still kind of hasn't really sunk in for me, maybe. But I think because obviously I'm looking at it from the inside and I'm still looking at it from it as a viewpoint of like, cool like I need to post this story today I need to post this story today and like I'm kind of still looking from it as like a business I guess you'd say like I haven't really had time to look back and just be like wow it's kind of, it's kind of cool what I do um so yeah I just it's, it's just normal for me now really so yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome that's awesome I feel like I mean I feel like it's always nice to have an external person who tells you like wow you've done so much it's amazing because yeah if you're so kind of like into it you don't really yeah. You don't praise yourself enough, I feel. <laughs> so I'm happy to sit here and praise you. <laughs> well, then, like, I guess, okay, so it's probably changed a lot in the past four years then. Um, and then what are you hoping it's going to look like in, let's say, the next four years? 
Yeah, I think uh, at the moment I'm really working on bringing the project up to a higher level. At the moment we post twice a week and like I said, it literally is just me doing it, um, which takes a lot of my time and a lot of my energy. Um, and that's not only the only thing, but yeah. I know that the stories I share are always in the UK, especially in London. Sometimes if I'm in Brighton, I'll take my camera, but that's only been a couple of times that that's happened. You know? And I'm very aware that the stories I'm telling in London are very different to the stories from the rest of the UK and especially the rest of the world. And so, you know, I want to meet other photographers who are happy to submit stories, whether they're associated with the project or not, but just have people who can just post something or tag us and say like, hey, you know, this is a story I've got from someone in Brazil or, you know, someone I've got Mm. in America, you know, and have those stories able to be shared on the platform so it becomes like a collaborative platform for anyone to share their stories. You know, have homeless people themselves um, submit stories yeah it doesn't have to be like this photography it doesn't have to be that kind of high level of oh yeah someone's got a dslr and they've gone out taken this story um i think the main mm. thing to keep is just a level of nobody's felt like disrespected everyone knows where their story is going so that's obviously something that i'm trying to work around is you know someone submits a story i need to be able to check that that's the story that the homeless person themselves is happy being shared but I've started sharing a couple of other stories and they've been from people that I've kind of known personally, sort of. We've started a conversation about, you know, how they want to help. And then they've submitted to me a photo and I've, you know, I've fully explained to them, just make sure they know where it's going. Because obviously what's difficult is um, submitting your story. Great. It's on Instagram. You can agree to that. But Instagram is a platform that is so easily shareable. Somebody could put that on Twitter. Somebody could put that anywhere. And I know one of the articles that got written about me, one of the ones globally, they wrote it without me even knowing. I can't remember how I got sent it. I think somebody sent me an email after it came out from their newspaper saying like, hey, this article's come out. And they obviously took photos from the page from it. And I was going, whoa, okay, these people now photos on a global newspaper in another country, which is such a difficult thing to do because obviously as the, you know, I'm sort of like a gatekeeper of these stories now. You know, it's it's not, the problem isn't, oh, well, the homeless people will never really see. They probably will never know. It's a thing of, like, it, that's the problem, isn't it? it? Is that I can take these stories and do whatever I want with them and they have no, you know, standing to, to defend themselves. And that's why it's so vulnerable to being homeless. And that's the level of trust that I take there. And that's what's difficult, you know. And I mean, I just, I looked at the photos and I was like, you know what, like, I remember these people. I think they're fine with it. Because obviously sometimes I meet people who are like, so where's it going? Instagram? Yeah, no, that's fine. But I'm obviously a bit wary of the idea that it could go further. Mm-hmm. So now if people ever ask, like, can I do an article? I say, like, course, yeah, you can use these photos because these people were fine with it going anywhere. But, you know, mm. it's important to be aware of how vulnerable people are and how important it is because I think it's so easy to get into, like, a balance of just, like, oh, yeah, I'm just taking pictures of people. Like, they don't need to know. You know, you can sound like, oh, yeah, I'm just doing this project, and it sounds like it's for school, but then they don't realise it's going on an Instagram page with, like, 2,000 followers, you know, that could technically go global, you know. And just being super aware of how important it is to make that known to people. But then, yeah, in four years' time, I'd love that to be a thing where we post more times a week. There's a community around the world of people who are trying to reach out to people and speak to people, and there's a platform people know. So now it's already started to happen. But I sometimes, my boyfriend the other day was on a first aid course 
and he met somebody who'd heard of the project. And I was just like, wow, that's crazy. Like, wow. We're like global. Well, not global because it's still in like the UK. But I was like, wow, like people have heard of it. Like, yeah. And I was that's just like, awesome. yeah. And that's what I really want is, you know, just it being a thing of, you know, if you are interested in homelessness, you know, the project you know, I think for me, it was the project, making the project was making it an easy way for people to do activism. You know, people like it when it's easy. They like being able to share things on Instagram, share things on oh, Facebook. Yeah. You know, if you don't have the, it's a good kind of stepping stone into, you know, it's one thing to share like, oh my God, something on Instagram. Look, there's this many homeless people in the UK. Let me reshare on my story. I forget about it. That's so many of us that's me as well like it's nobody's to blame for that it's such a performative thing at the moment is just like that's what we do and then we go on with our busy day lives yeah but then the next step of that I was hoping and I still hope is the project where you follow we don't spam you with everything it's twice a week posts if you take 30 seconds that you you've thought about something for 30 seconds that then hopefully when you next see a homeless person just taking a minute to smile and you know it's those stepping stones that actually make what you think about homelessness and how you think it's terrible but actually do something about it because I think, especially at 17, like, I was like, well, homelessness is terrible, but I don't have money to donate. I'm, I don't have all this, to, like, I don't have time to donate to a soup kitchen or mm. that's what you think is like, oh, if you care about homelessness, you have to give your time, you have to do this. Like, people don't think about it on a personal level of, cool, you know that this homeless guy sits outside your station every day on the way to work, ask him if he wants to coffee, you know, learn his favourite coffee order. Like, I know this guy who sat outside Oxford Street Station, he doesn't sit there anymore. And I would always get him a latte on my way home, which is such a stupid thing. Yeah. I have, you know, I have the prep coffee subscription. It's 6 p.m. I'm leaving work. I'm not going to get a coffee, but he'll drink one. And that's just something that not, it's not even the act of getting something. I think it's just the act of, I see the same people when I go to work every day. And when I come home from work and I think, you know, seeing familiar faces and seeing a smile, like I literally just always say like, Hey, sorry, I don't have anything on me, but have a good evening. Mm. And people really appreciate that. It's literally just a familiar face smiling and yeah. You know, and I think it's 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 that's all you need to do. And I think that's why so many people don't do anything is because they think I don't have money to give, time to give. You know, it can literally be a smile. Mm, yeah, I think that's with all kinds of activism. I actually feel like, yeah, I think with all kinds of activism, people are like, oh, you need to do this and you need to have these skills and you need to have all these years of experience. But it's actually, no, that's not how it, well, that's not how it starts. Mm. Um, yeah, that's. Yeah, that's really awesome. That's so cool. So then does that mean you like to kind of give people concrete, I guess, behavioral changes um, or I guess behavioral nudges? Yeah, I mean, I, I try and always encourage the idea that, you know what, smiling at someone like that literally costs you nothing. Mm. If you're busy, if you're rushing to work, you can just look at someone and go like, hey, sorry, or like, have a good evening. You know, it two seconds out of your day um yeah. and that's yeah that's something I try and encourage because it's so easy and I think I've had people message me from the project saying oh yeah like I saw this homeless guy and I said hi to him and we had a really nice chat I never thought to do that and it's like it sounds so stupid because it's something that you seem so obvious it's like yeah we had a nice chat mm-hmm. oh, like, I'm just gonna do that more often and I think just doing that once you realize like how nice it is and I've had people come around with me doing the project and they have a conversation with someone and they're like oh that was that was really nice you know and it's just like just having a conversation with someone it's weird because I think so much in life like we go around and we don't have conversations with people around us you know we sit on the tube or Mm. you know you go on the bus and it's like people are all like avoiding each other and not looking at each other Mm. and you can just sit down in a 
completely random situation and just chat about like really personal things and you're just like huh like that post person really opened up to me and I think having that relationship with someone you, you you know you can really respect the fact that they've been able to open up to you and you feel important that they've allowed you to learn that about them so I think yeah just speaking to people is honestly I think the start of all of it is starting a conversation you know very inspiring that's awesome <laughs> yeah so like yeah so you were saying um how homelessness in London is different to what homelessness in any other city and of course there are also layers and layers of like why someone could end up in that situation because I mean I'm not from London I'm not even from the UK could you kind of share with us what are maybe some of the aspects that might make someone more vulnerable to being homeless in a particular city like London then yeah I mean I'd say I know so many people I'd say the main reason I see people become homeless is if they don't have either a support network around them or a support network that they feel like they can rely on. And that's why I think you see so many men middle-aged who are homeless is because they have the only family they have left are either their parents who are elderly, who they don't want to put anything on or their children who they don't want to feel vulnerable to because, you know, you want your children to respect you. You don't want your children to think you're struggling because anyone's in a position where they can suddenly lose their job, get in an accident at work where they can't work or just, little things but it's those little things and then not having the support instantly there that then make you become homeless I'd say because obviously knowing myself if I lost my job I could I mean I live at home already but you know if I was moved out and I lost my job I know I could go home and live with my mum for as long as I needed to until I got myself back on my feet but the older you get depending on your relationship with your family or friends whether they're even alive anymore whether you know who they are whether you know, I know so many people who have been adopted who have, it's so hard when you're adopted, obviously, because, or have gone through the care system without even being adopted, is if you don't have a support network around you, you have no one to help you if you're in a position like that. And as soon as you've lost your job, and then you've lost a flat, it's like, there's nowhere for you to go up from there, unless you are able to stay with a friend, stay with family, and really work to get yourself up there, you know, and so much of it as well as mental health, because, you know, if you lose your job, you're suddenly depressed, you know, you don't want to get up and do old job interviews. And then suddenly you're six months down the line, and you've been couch surfing all your friends and all your friends are mad at you saying, look, you've been here too long, like, can you move on, you know, I think a lot of people as well, I meet say like, yeah, I mean, my friends really wanted to help, but they've got kids, you know, it's I know people who were staying with family, and it's like, but it's COVID, like, they can't have me staying with them. You know, it's it's so hard, because you know it feels like so disconnected is the idea that you could ever be homeless but I think pretty much everyone I meet always says like it's crazy I never thought I'd be homeless and now I'm here you know like nobody ever sees himself being homeless and I always think with situations where anyone ends up in any situation ever is like I always take it back to primary school like I know this sounds so weird but like children it's like we were all on like a completely similar level. You couldn't really see who was smarter than anyone, who was this or anyone. Like you could see, you know, who had initial differences of like, okay, well, these people have like wealthier parents, like they're probably going to go somewhere, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But like, you, you know, somebody went to primary school with people who are now homeless. And it's like, you would never, like, I don't think of anyone in my primary school class um, or kindergarten class, or I don't know what you call it in Australia, but but it's, you know, it's, your life just takes you one place or another and you know you don't there's not 
it's not this stigma like I hate this stigma that like oh someone's always lived on the poverty line and now they're homeless it's like well no because mm. I know people who said that they lived in like three-story houses with five bedrooms with a family and become homeless just because of like marriage breakdown um you know mental health losing your job getting a divorce like it's there's so many different reasons and I think still still doing this for four years like there's always new reasons and I think especially that's what I found interesting is going on to what you were saying um and you were asking about what it's like to be different like homeless in different places is what I find interesting is obviously in London homeless people are in this is so weird to say but in such a privileged position because this is where all the charities are and this is where everything is Mm. and so many people I meet say like oh yeah I lived in Sheffield but I came here because there's more help here and that on the one hand it's easier to be homeless in London but on the second hand if you had any family any friends any network in Sheffield or wherever you lived before you've left them and you're in a more difficult position to get up and get help you know you're in a city that you may not know you may have never been here before being homeless and that's why you see homeless people who are from other countries as well they've come over to England um they've had a job often for so long you know they've become homeless but it's like if you don't have a support network in this country in your city nearby you that you can rely on because like I was saying you know if I was ever in a position where I was made completely homeless didn't have a job for years like I could live at home you know but if you don't have that support network or you don't feel comfortable going to that support network I think that's what really you know puts you in a position where you can become homeless yeah, that's so true. You've made so many like good points there. You've made me think a lot. As a, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I'm a little curious about, um. I mean, this is something I've thought about a little bit, but I haven't kind of, Yeah. I need to dig into it a little bit more. So I was thinking about how do you think COVID has actually affected homelessness? I mean, obviously you can't socially distance, you can't wash your hands. Um, and of course you can't just couch surf on someone's home um, easily. So how did you see COVID affecting homelessness then? Yeah, so I think um, I took a break with doing the People Project over COVID, like as in the initial lockdown, then by, I think, maybe this time last year, after it had been a few months of lockdown in the UK, when things were opening up again, I started doing it again. And I started asking people like, how are you affected by lockdown, by COVID? And so many people I met had become homeless because of lockdown, because of COVID, because obviously so many people lost their jobs. Um, mm. You know, there was so much, so little support for so many people. And I think that made the situation so much worse so one I think more people became homeless two so many of the charities and organizations that are mostly non-profit in London and in the UK couldn't stay open because most of the people running them were vulnerable people who mm. you know had underlying health conditions that couldn't then put themselves at risk to socialize with so many people like at a soup kitchen you know is you socialize with so many people and so much of a soup kitchen is the sitting down being able to chat to people check up it's not just the food you know it's the interaction and that was gone and then yeah like you were saying you know if you didn't have a face mask you can go anywhere so much I've seen is we've basically stopped using cash in the UK and it's like well but if you're homeless like you don't have a card like anything you get given so you either two problems from that anything you get given is cash so you now can't use it really and secondly nobody carries cash anymore you know and nobody's going to be able to take out cash because everyone has their contactless now you know on their phones and it's mm-hmm. you know, there was just so many problems starting and I think so much of it as well I met people who said that they just felt so much more disconnected because you already feel disconnected but now it was a thing of if they went up to somebody asked like hey I'm really sorry can I 
you know, borrow a lighter or just anything, you know, not even asking for money, just went up to someone and said, hi, people would like pull back because COVID, like you can't be near anyone. I mean, it was hard enough, obviously, for us and for the rest of the UK and sorry, for the rest of the world, you know, who had COVID. But most people had, you know, people at home they could see. And obviously it was extremely hard for people who didn't. And that's what we were arguing is so much for mental health. It's like, wow, people are stuck at home with no one to speak to. Like people who live alone, like it's so hard for them. It's like, but being homeless, like you're one already put in that position where people are like disgusted by you or want to pull away from you because you're homeless. You know, there's that stigma around you. And then it's even more perpetuated by the stigma of, oh my God, I bet they have COVID. Even though actually homelessness um, I don't know about other countries, but in the UK, homelessness was massively like unaffected by COVID. And I think that was strangely because the public that had been bringing COVID around into the UK from other countries and, you know, how it kind of spread were not interacting with the homeless population, which is crazy because you'd think then as soon as it got into the homeless population, it would spread like crazy because so many people are put in like, you know, tight, cramped conditions together in hostels. I know a lot of hostels weren't open during COVID. But you think that there was because there was no social distancing there and like nobody homeless, I doubt was respecting the two meter rule. You don't care at that point about the regulations of COVID, you know. The cases of COVID were really low, but there was still that stigma of, oh, yeah, I I can't be near you. And I think people just felt more disconnected than ever. I think as well, we had this in the UK where during lockdown, people were put in hotels, which was amazing. Great. Um, But they were just kicked out no news was put out about it you know we had all this great news of like wow we've housed all of these homeless people over lockdown great but now they've all been kicked out and no words been said about it and I know I knew a lot of people who just said that there was just such a level of like distrust there and you know you feel so disrespected by the system by the government you know is that there isn't that respect there that you know like you wouldn't just kick someone out of their house like it's it's not the same level but you know it's difficult because it's there's so much that can hide under the bus and you know homeless people don't have a platform to then like rebel up against these things and that's why it's important that we're able to do that is you know people with a platform and that's why I try and give people a platform is like any issues homeless people are having like they have no means to speak about them Mm. um and yeah I know that they opened up the hotel system again um over Christmas but only offering like a few days. Like I think each homeless person had the option to go in for maybe like five days over Christmas, which I mean is crazy. But I know people who didn't go in and I would speak to them and say like, why? And they said, you know, it's because you don't want to, you know, you get excited, you you get somewhere to stay and then you just have to go into the cold again. Like you'd rather not have that, you know, because I think if I was ever in a situation where I was cold or anything, I just, oh yeah, I, you know, even if I only had an hour to go inside to a hotel, like I'd go in and shower and do all this. And, but people were in a situation where they're just so used to that where they've been put in situations where this is great this is working and then thrown out of it again that they don't want to get their hopes up again you know they know that if they go into this hotel and they're really happy they're enjoying themselves and then it has to end you know and I think people are past that level of trusting the government and trusting a lot of charities even to do things right so many levels to it you know like I know so many homeless people that hate so many charities because they do it wrong or they don't like the way that they've run it and it's crazy because you're just like but it's a charity like these well-respected charities what do you mean it's like well I don't you know that my experiences with them have been terrible and you know you have to respect that and go like fair enough you know we have so many ideas of like oh yeah this charity is amazing like they must be doing great things but not mm-hmm. all the time and especially I think when a charity gets really big is there yeah. 
so much of it is about image sort of like what I was saying with the project I don't want someone to come in and be a photographer and do something wrong so now they won't do certain things like I think charities I don't know like legally about the rules but I think so many charities are not allowed to do anything like hand out sleeping bags hand out warm items nothing that can encourage homelessness what you know but they can't do anything that might be looking to help people survive on the street because the whole idea in in this country of dealing with homelessness is getting people off the streets so you can't do anything to support people whilst they're on the streets and it's just like crazy because there isn't that option you know all the options there to get off the street are impossibly long queues impossibly long you know hoops to jump through yeah so a lot of big charities are not respected by a lot of homeless people because they just see them as like you know same way and like the system that's trying to keep them down so yeah different people's experiences with it Mm-hmm. that's so true I think in Australia it's actually very similar and mm. um, so like 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 yeah you wouldn't find a lot of um charities that are actually supporting it's more kind of yeah they're trying to do whatever they can to get people off the streets as well it's very very similar and I think it is also very much the case that it's unfortunately often the big charities that are just kind of caring about their image and caring about their mm-hmm. reputation that kind of thing so then like everything they do kind of becomes performative um, yeah. rather than actually doing something because it is good and because it is what is needed yeah so which is very unfortunate but yeah it also makes me very passionate about those people who are like doing things from the ground up so <laughs> yeah yeah I think yeah. it's interesting because I'm able to do like really just like probably not great things you know like I could I Uh, met a homeless guy at a soup kitchen who said he was like suicidal and I just went and took him to A&E and we sat there for hours together just waiting and I mean you know that's something that is just such a personal level of like like it sounds weird saying it sounds like a oh I'm such a great person but it's like I'm a person who met someone who was vulnerable you know like I wasn't gonna just walk away but it's hard because I feel like mm-hmm. so many charities do that because it becomes for them a thing of it's not their issue anymore that kind of thing <laughs> yeah exactly and it's hard because I mean I'm not encouraging it I'm not saying charities or anyone should be in a position where they have to go and do that but you know it becomes really hard when it's you, you, you know a disconnect there I met a woman once who I think worked for a homeless charity I cannot remember which one it was and she was I think doing um like a petition I'm not entirely sure what it was but she had like a board up I I never read the board but I assume it was to do with homelessness um and she came up to me whilst I was speaking to someone homeless and was like why are you interviewing him like you're taking advantage of him and I was like well I'm not like I'm doing this project um you know and I tried to explain what I was doing and it was just like she was just so angry and I was like well if you work for this homeless organization how are you standing a meter away from this homeless guy and you haven't even had a conversation and I feel like so many charities do that where they they deal with homelessness but would never really you know they would walk past someone homeless when they saw them on the streets and it's like that disconnect is just mental that disconnect is what makes the problem worse is like oh yeah the figures are crazy terrible like I donate to a charity once a month like which is cool it's it's the personal people that aren't seeing people care yep yep that's so true can you maybe just share with us how can a lay person on the street, how can we kind of do, if it was, if there was only one thing that we should take away from this episode, what can we do to help our rough sleepers? 
yeah, I, I mean, I would just say main takeaway from this or from the project or wherever you think of, you know, interacting with homelessness as an issue, I think is just having a second thought about how you can help. And, you know, like I always say, smile at someone, start a conversation, you know, but I think is just thinking about it. And like you were saying, with any kind of level of activism is if you're going to share something on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anything you know, try and take things a step further. And it doesn't have to be, okay, I've shared something about homelessness. Now I'm going to go volunteer at Soup Kitchen three hours a week. You know, it's stuck in conversation with people, smiling at people. If you do see someone homeless every day or a few days a week, if you you see someone homeless, like try and start up a conversation, you know, and have a relationship there because when you're homeless, like relationships and your mental health is what you really struggle with. And literally just having someone that says hi to you every evening or every morning, it can, 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 you know, create some normality in your life and feel like you're back as part of society and yeah like I said it costs us nothing Mm, yeah that's so true so important as well Mm. any final comments by the way no I just say thank you for having me on um yeah it's been great I think it's really interesting to have people reach out to me now and ask me to do kind of interviews or you know give my opinions on things because I'm just like I'm just 21 I've just come home from work had a snack and now I'm you know doing a zoom call with you and I'm just like cool it's just my life like I, I don't feel like an expert on this and I think that's the point is just like I just feel like someone who just has conversations with people and shares them online um so yeah thank you for having me on <laughs> For tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or send in a voice message through the Anchor website. Your reviews will help me know what things are going well in the podcast and what things can be improved. In two weeks, we're talking to an organization that uses a community-based approach to refugee empowerment because too often, Refugee organizations portray refugees as vulnerable rather than focusing on resilience. So, see you in two weeks.